Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. Respect and honor the verdict. We got that story, plus some good news about the technocracy. But first, the big story. Let's maybe try and play a little devil's advocate here, James. No way Jeffrey Epstein will allow will be allowed to expose the political pedos. Kurt Nemo, writer Kurt Nemo says this, and he will be sincerely surprised if the latest effort to put away child sex ring leader Jeffrey Epstein results in outing members of the political class. Even if names are revealed, and quite a few already have been, there's simply no way a criminal like Bill Clinton will be charged with raping minors and thrown in prison. Clinton, of course, guilty of more serious crimes, for instance, bombing the former Yugoslavia, killing hundreds of innocent people, including children, burning men, women, and children alive, of course, at Waco. These things are all now footnotes. It's been known for a long time that Bill Clinton is a sexual predator, and yet all the evidence of this out there for the public to see for decades has yet to result in criminal charges against him. Both Bill and his wife are way above the law and more or less untouchable. Corporate media routinely protects the political and financial elite. Case in point, the Franklin child prostitution ring uncovered and subsequently recovered up in the late 1980s. It received widespread media coverage called the largest pedophile scandal in U.S. history. It involved a number of U.S. politicians, and yet it disappeared from view. If you talk about the Franklin scandal, you are a conspiracy nutter. Search for it on the intelligence-connected Google, and the first result will point to Wikipedia, which summarily dismisses the Franklin pedo scandal as a carefully crafted hoax, as the New York Times called it in 1990. Yet, you might recall what happened to Jeb Deborah Jean Palfrey, and of course we know that <laughs> James Corbett's done work on this. We'll include that in the show notes. The so-called DC Madam. Her client list included, reportedly, John McCain, Dick Cheney, Dick Morris, other DC notables, yet she was found hanging in her mom's bathroom backyard after saying she'd never commit suicide. If Eps, it's, it said Epstein might change, you know, trade some names for leniency. Kurt Nemo doesn't believe this is true. Other people like Ann Coulter doesn't really believe this is true. Revealing the names of politicians engaged in sex with underage girls, or in the case of the Franklin case, underage boys will almost certainly result in Epstein being found dead in his country club prison cell. Kurt Nemo closes by saying he'll likely serve the rest of his life silently wasting away in federal prison while the latest dust-up fades into the sunset. So, James, just a few relateds before I throw it back to you again. This is a pretty massive story that's kind of gone gone prime time, as it were. And Coulter calls Epstein a state-sponsored concierge and was probably running a blackmailing operation that he's a front of. And while Alphabet Incorporated's Google operation have reportedly been scrubbing from their image search any pictures that showed Bubba Clinton and Epstein hanging out together, you can easily find pictures of who we mentioned before, Ghislaine Maxwell. By many accounts, Jeffrey Epstein's pimp and groomer of girls, you can see her pretty much at the front row of Chelsea Clinton's big high-profile wedding. Acosta, Barr, Robert Maxwell, the Mossad, the Rothschilds, all of it. Michael Krieger does a pretty good deep dive. Epstein rabbit hole goes a lot deeper than you think. I've included links back to my own publications of, of Jeffrey Epstein case on the Media Monarchy archives. The earliest mention I found goes back to February 24th, 2011, eight and a half years ago. Prince Andrew and perv billionaire Jeffrey Epstein stroll around New York City. James, we covered this as recently as three months ago right here on the show. New Jeffrey Epstein accuser goes public, but also back in January of 2015 with New World Next Week episode 215 with the cover story of pedophiles in Parliament. 
Jeffrey Epstein witnesses take the fifth. So, James, this has now very obviously gone primetime Bafo box office. It's a moving target, a developing story, something that's, of course, tough to do in this. Everybody's rushing to be the first in, of course, the media and alt media and all of it. What do you think is going to happen next, James? I am not going to make predictions about this uh, because neither my wishful thinking nor my most uh, cynical and pessimistic thinking will have any effect on outward reality. And it is important not to prejudge what is going to happen because, to, to, to be fair, I wouldn't have thought this would even happen. Hey, at least now Jeffrey Epstein and this scandal is front page news. Everyone is talking about it a year ago. A month ago, I would never have expected that to happen. I thought it was a cold case, swept under the rug successfully. So something is happening and things are moving on the table. So I'm not going to make predictions about it. It is tempting, of course, to say, uh, given everything we know about the way all of this functions and all of the incredibly documented detail about Franklin scandal and other things in the past, it is incredibly tempting to take that cynical view and say nothing will happen, nothing will change, no one will suffer from this, and that it will all just go away. And that may be the case, but it may not be the case, because there are clearly things happening on the table right now, and I'm not going to prejudge them. Um, I'm not expecting that everything will be revealed, the covers will be wide, blown open, and everyone will go down, and the entire world will change from this. But something might happen, and at the very least, even if this is some sort of, you know, backstabbing war between different layers of the deep state, hey, well, at least some people might be going down for things they actually did. Uh, the worst part about all of this, of course, is the politicization of this case. Oh, it's all about Trump. No, it's all about Clinton. No, it's all about Team Coke. No, it's all about Team Pepsi. This proves that the team that I hate is are all pedophiles. No, this proves that the team that I love aren't pedophiles at all. It's the politicization of this information is disgusting and heartbreaking considering what this involves, what this is about, and what this really touches on. So let's not get involved with that. But let's direct people to some good sources of information as this is developing and breaking. You mentioned Michael Krieger there, Liberty Blitzkrieg, and his latest is about Alex Acosta reportedly claimed Jeffrey Epstein, quote, belonged to intelligence, end quote. Something that we all could speculate on, but Hey, this is coming from a at least a step closer source. This is actually uh, sourcing back to the Daily Beast, uh, Vicki Ward, who's reporting on a conversation that she had with an unnamed former senior White House official who told her this. And the reason that we can uh, at least contemplate this, uh, this, this report, is because Vicki Ward was the one who did that Vanity Fair article 15 years ago before anybody knew anything about Epstein or was talking anything about it. She was the one trying to blow the whistle. She had a couple of uh, victims come forward in that article that were ready to, to come forward on, on the record. It got taken out of the article by the editors So, uh, because pressure was exerted by Epstein. So this is incredibly important information, and I know everyone's going to say, well, we already knew that. Well, you didn't know that. And it is important that we document this and get it on the record because clearly there are some big things happening here. It's a, it's a rolling ball. Uh, another excellent source of information, Jason Burmis, if you're not following his channel, he's been going through the Dershowitz testimony. He went through the indictment. He went through Alex Acosta's recent uh, uh, press conference. Uh, he's been covering this all sorts of different ways. He also uh, had a recent conversation with Derek Bros, who's another good source on this, theconsciousresistance.com. Uh, Derek Bros has been covering this for years and years. You can go back to my previous interview with Derek Bros on the Epstein case and the Finders cult just from uh, last year. Uh, you can also go back to my political pedophilia 
uh, podcast from 2015 where I talked about Epstein and a number of other political pedophile cases like Franklin and others. Uh, it is important, if for nothing else, even if Kurt Nemo's cynical, pessimistic take is the, the accurate one and it ends up getting completely swept under the rug and never talked about again, I find that difficult to believe at this point. But even if that does happen, at the very least, there are now hundreds of thousands, millions of people who are getting in, in, uh, these ideas and, oh, oh, look, this is happening. Wow, I never knew about this. I never knew about this. There's so many people who right now are more susceptible than ever to actual documented real information about these political pedophile scandals that have gone on in the past. Let's get, use this at the very least as a way to get this information out to more people than ever before. And that could have a very profound effect, even if, as we all expect, the gears of justice are uh, greased on the, the wrong way and are going to basically lead towards cover-up. Man, you mentioned the, the finders. That's, that gets into the just the nasty, nasty Dave McGowan-level stuff that, again, is, is all right out there. James, in other kind of related news, just as all of this is coming out, and I found this actually in doing my research and prep for this episode, everything is coming up spacey. Spacey accuser refuses to testify in court, kind of a bombshell turnaround in the Kevin Spacey case. So did Spacey Kevin, I, now I'm speculating, get a super sweet deal for maybe rolling over on some of the other Epstein Island boys? As all the world is a stage, James, actually a media monarchy listener from Cape Cod, sent me a photo of him a couple of weeks ago flipping off the news vulture cameras, the video cameras around the kind of quiet Kevin Spacey circus just a few weeks ago. So speaking of flipping off the cameras here on episode 379 of Neural Next Week, Somerville, Massachusetts becomes the second U.S. city to ban facial recognition technology. Is it a movement or just a couple of outliers that will forever remain on the periphery of the surveillance state as Tech Dirt writes? And again, everything we say always be included down in the show notes. Too early to say, but we can at least now say that San Francisco isn't an anomaly, at least in this regard. Somerville, Massachusetts just became the second U.S. city to ban the use of facial recognition in public spaces. The Face Surveillance Full Ban Ordinance, which passed through Somerville's city council, forbids any, quote, department agency bureau and or subordinate division within the city of Somerville, end quote, from using facial recognition software in public spaces. So last month, San Francisco became the first city in the nation to ban the use of facial recognition technology by city government agencies. While it can't keep the feds from rolling in and deploying the software against city residents, it does prevent local law enforcement from deciding this is the tech toy that they just can't live without. James, a little bit of good news that we're slipping in here into the middle of our episode. Yes. Well, it is a positive story. It is good news. And this is the right direction to be heading in any way. It at least faces the potential threat uh, that these facial recognition cameras pose to such things as freedom of expression, free speech. Uh, and of course, we can relate this back to the story recently of the man in the UK being arrested for covering his face in front of a facial recognition camera and other things like this. We are going down a deep, dark road, and at least things like this are signposts on that road saying, hey, there's a danger here. Um, unfortunately, as the article does note, this has no bearing whatsoever on federal agencies and what uh, federal law enforcement might choose to do in Somerville or anywhere else. Um, or, uh, as the article also notes, well, they could have at least said they won't cooperate with federal agencies that want to use this technology, but they didn't even do that. So 
It's not uh, the most toothful of, uh, of roadblocks, but it's a start, it's heading in the right direction, and as I say, it le at least raises the issue and raises awareness of the issue. Uh, another part of this uh, TechDirt article that I'll direct people to, it says, if other cities are interested in joining the very short list of facial recognition banners, activists have created a few roadmaps for governments to use. So I'll invite you to read through that uh, article and find out more about that, because I think it is an important step to be taking, and hey, if we had, instead of two cities, maybe a thousand cities passing this type of ordinance, then maybe it would be something that would be uh, uh, taken up on a, on a greater level at the federal level. Although, again, not holding my breath. And, and, that's, and that's the thing. Whether it's the first story or this story, it's, you know, this is a long, ongoing process. Again, you and I have each been doing this a decade plus on, on, in our own rights. A lot of victories, a lot of losses. There's lots of pluses, lots of minuses. But again, this is getting the idea kind of out there into the public and that they're thinking about all this stuff. James, another little interesting bit of technological breaking news. I just saw this just a couple of hours ago, and this will be happening pretty much as a lot of folks are watching this. Mines CEO and Mines co-founder Bill Ottman will be attending the White House Social Media Summit July 11th to discuss transparency, privacy, digital rights, and civil discourse between the left and the right, both online and offline. So we'll see what happens to Bill Ottman as he heads to the District of Criminals tomorrow. And we'll wrap up this New World Next Week, episode 379. Our third and final story, James, this is where we'd usually put the, the good news at the end, but I sandwiched it there in the middle. This is definitely not unmitigated good news. Jurors urge U.S. judge to uphold $80 million roundup verdict against Bayer. A juror who was part of a panel that delivered an $80 million award against Bayer AG buyer, as, as Corbett likes to say, after finding that its glyphosate-based weed killer Roundup caused a man's cancer and has urged the presiding judge to uphold the decision. A letter from the juror written on the 4th of July was posted to the court docket on Monday as part of legal filings by Bayer. The company accused the juror of bias and called on the judge to disregard the letter in his decision-making. In that letter, the unidentified juror told U.S. District Judge Vince Chabria, in the aforementioned San Francisco, that the $80 million in awards were no accident and the result of meticulous planning by the jury. Based on the evidence provided, reprehensible is much too kind a word to describe the actions of the Monsanto employees, the juror wrote. And this isn't the first time this has happened. Back in October, several jurors who delivered a $289 million verdict against Monsanto and finding Roundup caused a man's terminal cancer wrote to the San Francisco trial court judge asking her to respect and honor the verdict. The judge in his magic black robe ultimately upheld the jury's findings, but reduced the award by three quarters anyway. So, James, there's another bit of big pharma news coming from Bloomberg talking about essentially how they're forming and, you know, fomenting all these cases. Interesting, and I don't know if we've hit this before, Ken Feinberg, famous for creating the 9-11 Victim Compensation Fund, is serving as the court-appointed mediator in connection with all these Bayer Santo suits. And essentially, what Bloomberg kind of speculates, their theory, Bayer won't settle now because they're hoping to get to the Supreme Court. And if they can win in the Supreme Court, it's pretty much all gravy then. James? 
Yes, and that could set a horrible precedent that would be used in the future. So that's probably part of the legal strategy that's going on here. This is kind of getting into the weeds of this story, which we have talked about over and over and over here on New World Next Week. We can throw in a few of those flashbacks because we've talked about Bayer and Monsanto and this court case and the various legal challenges several times. It, but I, I hope people don't gloss over a story like this because, again, it just seems like it's just one lawsuit and it's just one thing. But this ties into such an important part of the overall global agenda for controlling humanity, controlling the food supply. This is this is where it boils down and rubber meets the road, but if we don't understand the bigger, bigger agenda, it's going to be game over for humanity. I mean, we can't put this in strong enough language, and that's why I am working on something at the moment that will hopefully paint that bigger picture of what this is about and the, the global control of food supply and how that ties in with the overall eugenics agenda and everything else and how it's all funded from the same people. I'm really trying to document that and lay it out in a simple way uh, on something that I'm working about. So uh, if you want to see that type of information coming out in the future, uh, I know I can't and I know James can't uh, do this type of work without your support. So please do support our respective works. We will continue to document these cases like Epstein like Bayer, like all of these pieces of a much larger puzzle that we're constantly trying to throw light on. And uh, as we say, at the very least, awareness is raising on issues like these right now. Strike while the iron's hot. Get this information out to others. And if you can, please do help support the people who are helping to get this information out. That's exactly right, James. We'll wrap up this episode. And as I always like to note, I blast news, music, memes, and more Monday through Friday. And it is ad-free and awesome. I'd love folks to come check it out at MediaMonarchy.com. James? We'll leave it there. Talk to you again next week. All right. Thanks, buddy. Take care.